you want people to care, you've got to be in their top three. This is Mega Maker, episode 21. Welcome to Mega Maker. This is the show where I'm trying to make a hundred things in a year. And some of these things I just make for fun. Some of them I'm making because I need to earn a living. And basically, we're trying to explore that tension throughout the whole show. You know, sometimes you create just because you need to be creative. You just need to make something. And other times you create because you need to pay some bills. And really, there's two types of people that might be listening right now. Some of you have focused for far too long on making money with the things that you create. You're maybe working for a software startup in San Francisco, and you've been staring at screens too long, trying to put in the long hours and trying to have a big exit. And for you, I think the prescription you need is to just do something small and frivolous for fun. Just create something silly and put it out into the world. Build something with your hands, you know? But then there's some other folks of you that have been starving artists for too long. And your biggest fear and maybe the thing that you avoid is talking about money or thinking about money or even approaching the idea of becoming a good business person. And I think the prescription for you is, and I know some people won't like this, but is to learn how to sell. And like I said, this show is in a lot of ways about exploring that tension. So this month is software month. My buddy Marty and I are launching two software products almost at the same time. Network Effects is a broadcast SMS app, and it is out right now uh, in a paid beta. People have been paying $9 to try it out, and we are definitely over 10 customers now. I think we're at 12 or 13. And the other product is called RemoteWorkers.club, and that is not out yet. We have a waiting list. And we're just getting to the point where we are going to start inviting people to try the beta. I've been thinking a lot about how you get people to care about the thing you've made. And whether you're doing it for money or just to satisfy your own creativity, ultimately, you want people or some sort of audience to enjoy or use the thing that you've made. And, you know, that could be a mobile app that you give away for free. It could be a software product like Marty and I are making that you want people to pay for. It could be some art. It could be a podcast. It could be music. It doesn't matter. But one truth that seems to be universal is that everybody has a top three. You probably have three apps that you use 80% of the time on your phone. You probably have three podcasts that you listen to 80% of the time. You probably have three television shows that you watch most of the time. And you probably have three favorite bands or musical artists that you listen to most of the time. Top three is important. And unless you can get into someone's top three, they're probably not going to dedicate a lot of time to your thing. And that's hard. And it explains why sometimes we create things that just don't connect with people. And you see this especially with like business ideas. People, you know, start a business 
and trying to reach a certain customer, but the thing that they're offering isn't uh, one of the top three pains in that person's life. And so they just don't think about it enough. It's just not something that comes up enough, that's top of mind enough for them to say, oh yeah, I'm going to use that on a regular basis. Here's an example. My friend Andrew is a small business owner. He co-owns Ratio Coffee here in Vernon. And I asked him to show me his iPhone. What's the top three apps you use for your business on your phone? Instagram. Yeah. Um, Square Dashboard. Yeah. It's a sales thing for the day. And then um, just Square. Square. Yeah, Square and Square Dashboard. And then Instagram. Yeah. Now, really, this isn't surprising. Instagram is his primary marketing channel. It's really quick and easy on his phone. He can take a photo, send it out. Uh, Square is his point of sale. That's how he makes sales and gives receipts. And Square Dashboard is how he sees how the store is doing. Those are his top three. Now, we've been asking him if, if network effects, our broadcast SMS tool, fits into there somewhere. And you can see the challenge, right? If it's just kind of interesting or it's just kind of there, it's going to be hard. And remember when I told you folks that you can't just listen to what people say, you have to look what they do? Well, I already know from dealing with tons of small business owners that most of them will not, for example, update their website because it's just so easy for them to take a photo on Instagram and send it out. And for them, that is their website. That's how they get information out. And the idea of going somewhere else to you know, log into WordPress and then write a bunch of copy. And even if WordPress makes it easy, and they do, they have an app, it's not enough because it's not in people's top three. Now, there's a lot of ways to get this information, and you might ask a different question and get different responses. For example, listen to how Andrew spends his subscription money. So what are the other things you pay monthly for? You pay for... I pay 10 bucks a month for our kitchen display system. So anytime someone does a lunch order, it goes on an iPad. Yeah. Um, and then we can make it. I pay 19 bucks a month for Tidal music service. Okay. Um, you pay for Spotify too? No, I got rid of Spotify. So that could be another way of us looking at this is right now Andrew only pays for two monthly subscriptions. That might mean there's room for one more. Uh, I also asked him about marketing and right now they don't really spend any money on marketing. It's just word of mouth. So we might also become one of their top three marketing spends. But you can see why this exercise is helpful. When you're creating a thing, whether it's for fun or profit, you need to think of a way you can position it so that it could become somebody's top three. My friends at Balsamic have sponsored this entire month of MegaMaker. And this episode, they'd like to ask you to email them with your impressions of Balsamic mockups so far. Have you tried it? What did you like? What didn't you like? What other tools do you use with it? Basically, they've decided to use some of their sponsorship airtime to do customer development. Because, you know, even after eight years in business, you can never get enough feedback from your users. So you can actually email the CEO, Peldi, directly. It's P-E-L-D-I, Peldi, at balsamic.com. Or tweet Peldi directly, at Peldi. And you can also just say, hey, thanks for sponsoring the show. 
So let's head over to Remote Workers Club, which we're working on right now. And, you know, another thought I've had lately is how important it is to actually go and talk to real human beings about your idea. And I saw, in, while I was in Edmonton, I saw a guy on the street holding up a will code for food sign. So I went up and started talking to him. My, my base assumption is that like LinkedIn sucks for like almost every purpose that people use it for. <laughs> okay, that's not really a guy I met on the street. That is my good friend Kyle Fox who lives in Edmonton. And he gave a unique perspective on our idea from an employer's perspective. I know like having hired remote workers that it's tough because you often don't have... Like, I've posted on Stack Overflow and stuff, and it's kind of like you're just putting it out to this pool of, like, random people. And, yeah. Like, somebody applies, and you're like, I guess maybe this person we should talk to. Yeah. I don't know if you can hear it, but there's a lot of passion in his voice. This is clearly one of the big problems he encountered when trying to hire people. What I would love is a closed system. Like, maybe it has 1% of the candidates that Stack Overflow has, yeah. but every person in this pool is, like, vetted. They've got, like, a list of, like, verified skills. They've got, like, maybe you have done a reference call. Yeah. You've done that work for me. There's no replacement for talking with real human beings. And what I have to remind myself, because I am kind of like a hermit, I like to just stay in my office and work on things. I don't like to travel and I love being with people, but I just don't like getting out. I, I just often feel like, ah, oh, no, I just want to stay put and work on my stuff. But the serendipity of running into people, for example, Kyle and I met for coffee and he's the one that brought up Remote Workers Club. He wanted to talk about it. He was passionate about it. He had felt that pain from the employer's perspective. And that, to be honest, is a perspective we haven't thought about a lot yet. We've been thinking about the remote workers perspective, but what about the people hiring them? And so he was able to give Marty and I all this insider information on what it's like. You really get this sense that for him as an employer, this would be one of his top three when he's hiring. So how does this affect you when you're making things? Well, you need to get out of your basement. You need to get out of your house. You need to get out of your office. Talk to real people that might use or benefit from the thing you're making. If you're creating art, go and look and see what art people have on their walls and then ask them if you're selling art, what's the last piece of art you bought and why? Here's a crazy idea you could try if you're writing a novel. Why not go to an airport bookstore and wait around until someone reaches for a book, and then just stop them and say, excuse me, I'm just wondering, why did you pick this particular book? And if they answer you, whatever they say will give you really good insight into what you should be doing as a novelist. Maybe they said, well, I just picked it for the cover. Well, in that case, you ha better have great cover art. Maybe they said, well, I've followed this author forever. So in that case, you need to build up your reputation, build up trust with readers. And would that be scary to do that? Absolutely. I'm an extrovert and that would be scary for me too. But this is what I mean. If we're going to be makers who get better at what we do, we eventually have to go out and risk talking to the people that might consume our art. And we should do this on the other side of the equation as well. If someone buys our art, if someone is using something we've made, we need to take the risk of asking them what they thought. Having a better understanding of human beings is the pathway to making better things. This is my challenge for you this week. I want you to risk. 
I want you to go out and find someone that might be the kind of person that would enjoy the things you're making. And I want you to ask them, you know, what kinds of things have you gotten lately? Tell me the story of how you acquired the last object like this. Also, if you have sold something or given some of your art away, follow up with that person and ask them what they thought. Ask them for their honest opinion of how you can get better. That's all I have for you this week. If you want to reach out to me on Twitter and say, hey, Justin, I'm listening to the show right now, just tweet me at the letter M, letter I, Justin. That's M-I, Justin. If this show has you pumped up and wanting to make your own things, join the 2016 Maker Challenge. That's megamaker.co slash challenge. Thanks again to Balsamic for sponsoring this entire month. You can get $10 off Balsamic Desktop Three by using the code MEGAMAKER. By the way, that experiment we started last time, it's still going. MEGAMAKER.CO slash MOB, if you want to see what that's about. This theme music, striker-metal.com, and podcast hosting is by simplecast.fm. See you on Saturday, folks. Uncle Frodo, tell me the story about the dragon and the wizard and the golem. All right, let me see. It was dark when the wizard appeared, seemingly out of nowhere. In a puff of smoke, he was in my room, taller than any hobbit I'd seen. Gaunt, gray hair, gray beard, and a long, pointy He said, I have a mission for you. There are dwarves that need your help. They need to regain their home up in the mountain. I said, I'll think about it. In the meantime, would you like a puff of my pipe? He said, what do you have? I said, schnazzleberry. He said, okay. So... We smoked three bowls of the stuff, ate the chocolate hobbit cake, and fell asleep until the next day. And by that time, we'd missed the whole adventure. (laughs) Okay, that whole ridiculous thing is just to remind you that we still have a project going called HigherThanHobbits.com. Go check it out. And that music you heard is by Megamaker Listener. His name is Logan, and he runs a really great music site called musicformakers.com. I just subscribed for a year. I think it's $100. You can download whatever you want. It's really great. Check it out.